Welcome everybody to episode 2 of After Live, the unofficial Collider Live After Show. I am Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog, and I'm so happy that you're joining me this week. Uh, I want to start off by saying thank you to everybody who listened to last week's episode. I had quite a few uh, quite a few listeners, some people commenting. It was really it was really cool to see the interaction going on. So, thank you again for uh, for for checking out the show and I hope you continue to. Um, last week was a bit crazy, so I'm glad we're kind of getting back into the swing of things, to the to the normalcy of the show, uh, which you know, in honesty, isn't really all that normal. So I'm excited to kind of you know kind of get back into the swing of things. All right, so let's get live. Alright everybody, welcome back. Now, this week's episode, uh, uh, these two episodes of Collider Live for the week, because we had uh, had a holiday, so we only had two, uh, started off a little bit a little bit odd for me. Um, mainly because Josh McCougal was not on the first episode. When everything went down last week, I was, you know, I hoped that, you know, they'd be able to get through everything and kind of, like I said, get back to normal. But when Tuesday's episode, you know, aired and Makuga was not there, instead it was uh, Brett and Darina. Which hey, it's it's always a pleasant surprise when you see Darina on the show. Um, but the fact that it was the first show back after the incident and Makuga wasn't there kind of threw up some red flags for me. Uh, obviously it was a bit unwarranted as he was there the next show. We will talk about that a little bit later, but it did kind of, it kind of made me a little bit worried at first. So, you know, I'm glad everything did work out, but I kind of wish that he had been able to be there. I don't know. Maybe he had some, uh, some other things he had to do. You know, you know, there's life people, people have things to do. I get it. He's not on every show. So I get, uh, I, I get that he, you know, he may have had something else to do and couldn't be there. So. So, like I said, they brought in Darina, and that was awesome. They they talked about quite a quite a few things this week. One of the one of the first things they were they kind of got off on was uh, this whole thing about uh, eggs, uh, and Christian, you know, making breakfast for his kids and everything, and and he cracks open the eggs, and it's got the double yolk, and how he had looked it up, and and you know, when he first looked it up, it said that it wasn't safe. Okay. Now, whether that had been true or not, obviously they looked it up again, and you know it's not the perfectly safe to eat. I I have experienced this before. I have had, I have cracked open eggs and had double yolks plenty of times, and not cared at all. Uh, just gone ahead and eaten them. So I'm really glad that they did discover that it was safe, because I have eaten them plenty of times. Um, it's you know it's just more protein. You know, hey, double the egg, double the protein. There you go. Uh, they kind of also went on to talk about uh, the Super Bowl, everything like that that's going to be going on, how the Patriots uh, are now in, in the game. And honestly, ugh, the Patriots, sorry, uh, sorry, Roxy and Jeff, nah, I'm not a fan of the Patriots. Now, I'll, I'll be completely honest, I'm, in general, not the biggest football fan. Um, I, I have my team that I root for, but I honestly rarely watch football in general, but I've never liked the Patriots, so I, I, I'm not going to start now, and it's just, honestly, it gets kind of annoying to hear them all the time, back in, back in, back in, I get it, I get it, I get it, it's like Dallas, it's like the Cowboys back in the day, back in the 90s, you know, it was, it was always, it was always the Cowboys here and there, doing their thing, they're like the new age Cowboys in that respect, didn't like Cowboys, still don't. Don't like Patriots, but you know, is what it is. But people get way too crazy about this stuff. You know, I may not like these teams, but I don't care if you do. Some people get too insane. And Roxy told us this story about being out at a bar 
with their friends, and they're ragging on each other. And some drunk couple comes up and starts starts in on her, and ends up throwing a goddamn chair at her. And that's fucking ridiculous. That is uncalled for. I don't understand why pe. I understand that people are passionate about the things that they love, but just th- think about if someone came up to you because you liked, say, Batman v Superman. I I don't know. And they didn't. And they decided, I'm going to throw a goddamn chair at you because of the thing that you like. That's ridiculous. You don't see that. It's something about sports just kind of brings out the craziness in people. I don't know why, but it's, I don't know. It's one of the reasons why I don't really get into sports. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not that kind of a person. I don't really care that much about it. You know, I like other things, but... I, I don't know. I just I can't fathom being so crazily into something that you're willing to hurt somebody because they have a different opinion about it. It's just it it boggles my mind when it comes to stuff like that. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. I'm sure a lot of you disagree. You know, I'm sure a lot of you are fans of, of the Patriots and 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 you know, of other teams. That uh, I have mentioned here. Um, but I would really hope that you guys wouldn't act this way. Let me know in the comments if you've ever experienced anything like this. I luckily, because I'm not super into into sports, I don't you know go to sporting events, so I don't really deal with a lot of sport, sport fans all that much um, or get into these kinds of situations. Um, so, you know, hey, let me know. Have you guys ever been in, in a situation like this? Have you gotten into you know, physical altercations with somebody because of a team that you like or something like that, you know, it, it, it just sounds kind of crazy, but I, I'm interested to interested to know. Uh, they moved on to some other stuff. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was this whole thing about the zoo. I was blown away to hear how much he has to pay for a zoo ticket. 60 bucks to go to the zoo. That's and now, granted, I have never been to California. I I don't know what the cost of things are out there, so maybe it's maybe that's like a norm. I have no idea. However, I live in Central New York, and where I live, I pay seventy five bucks for a year long family pass, so I can take me, my wife, and my kid anytime I want all year for seventy five bucks, and that. Is it, I think that's a good deal. I mean, you're paying about ten bucks a ticket, uh, when, you know, when you go without the pass. But to pay sixty dollars, man, what do you guys pay? Let me know out there. What what's the average price of a zoo ticket where you guys are? I can't imagine something sixty dollars just to go to the zoo. It 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 it. it I don't know. It's crazy to me. I I can't I can't get over it. Uh, some other stuff that went on, uh, they were talking about TV, and they mentioned a, a show called Dark, which I think Brett mentioned it. And I found it really interesting that none of them had ever heard of this show. Because I know that, uh, I remember on the original version of TV Talk, uh, Josh, Sinead, and David Griffin, they would always talk about Dark all the time. And I, I'm pretty sure I've heard uh, recently heard Roka even talk about that. Like, he started watching Poldark. So it's just interesting. Like, I understand. Like, I've never watched the show. But I just find it interesting that they've never heard of it. Um, especially, you know, with Mukuga being around there all the time and, and doing the, you know, TV talk again. And, and with, you know, having Roxy being uh, on a show with Josh that talks about TV with hypothetical questions, it's just, uh, I don't know, I found that interesting that none of them had ever heard of this show, you know, but Brett's the one who had, you know, it was kind of interesting, it's it's another reason me and Brett definitely, uh, definitely very similar, we've, we've got a lot of other things that are, that are similar, and obviously we both heard of Poldark. Uh, then they started talking about, uh, you know, their significant others and things like that, and, and talking about knowing your significant other and like how you know you you shouldn't jump into things you know 
You know, if you if you only known someone for a couple of months, you shouldn't be getting married. Okay, I get that. Absolutely, I've I've known people who've done that to their detriment. So I absolutely get that. Me and my wife, we've known each other for over for almost ten years. Well, yeah, a little over ten years actually. We've known each other for a little over ten years because our uh, the our ten year anniversary from when we when we got together is coming around the corner. And when we first got together, it only, like, honestly, we were only together for seven months before we moved in together, eight months before we got engaged. Now, that does seem like like it's pretty quick. Uh, and, and it seems like what they were kind of talking about. You know, you, you haven't known each other that long and you've know, only been living together even for a month. But, you know, we both we both felt it. But we didn't actually get married for another two years almost. So it, I think even if you you know you move in together quickly, even if you get engaged quickly, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because you can you can still kind of space it out and wait and and and, and can in that amount of time continue to learn about your partner. But it's it's really about that that connection and how f- how close you guys get in that amount of time. Like for instance, I was with a girl for four and a half years. We moved in together, and two months later, the, the relationship was over. So just because you've been together for a long period of time doesn't necessarily mean that you know each other well enough that you're right for each other. But that, you know, so that's why I think even jumping into the the things like moving in together and stuff like that, that could get, you know, that might be a a benefit. You know, you, you get that knowledge in there right off the bat. Like I said, we were together for four and a half years before we moved in together. And that was a lot of time. And obviously living together wasn't, you know, we, we weren't able to do it. It just, it didn't work for a relationship and so you know we had to move on so knowing whether or not you can like that's a big key thing for me is you need to know that you can live together before you before you jump into something else so something more so you know i i I definitely understand um i i get what he was saying and i do agree that you know getting married after two months that's that's crazy don't don't do that. Take your time, you know. Move in, do the step, move in together, you know, first. See how that goes. Get engaged, be engaged for a little bit. See how that goes. And go from there. Uh, and speaking of of significant others, he was also talking about how he, uh, you know, how he was showing his wife uh, little Bobby in the juice, and that she uh, she turned it off. She didn't know how to watch. She like turned it off like right away. And my wife would have done exactly the same thing. She, we do not, we have very different senses of humor when it comes to stuff like that. So that's why I didn't even, I didn't even make her watch Little Bobby and the Juice because I knew, I knew right away. It's like this is not for my wife. She would not dig this, but I did. It was hilarious, and I can't wait to see more of it. <laughs> so. And that that new that new soundbite that they have, find a goldfish here, win a goldfish here, win a goldfish here. It's I love it, and I love it every time they do it, and, and they just bust out laughing. It's hilarious. I can't I can't get over it. Then they uh, they brought in a guest. It was uh, Sarah Campbell uh, from the show You. It's uh, used to be uh, a Lifetime show that Netflix picked up. And it gained a whole lot of traction while it was on, while being on Netflix. I haven't checked it out yet, but from the way that they are talking about it, it it, it sounds like a show that I would totally be into. Just from just from listening to uh, you know her talk about like the people who are involved, uh, you know how you know she was from she worked on you know Supernatural. You got people who worked on uh, like Riverdale and Sabrina. You got Greg Berlanti, who I you know, I watch all those CW DC shows. So just you know, hearing like the people who are involved and, and, and like kind of what the show's about, it definitely got me. It piqued my interest. Um, so I, I'll probably give that a check out. Check out the first few episodes or something, see how it goes. 
Uh, and if it's anything worth checking out for me, I don't know. Let me know. Uh, have you guys watched the show? Let me know um, what you guys thought of the show You, if you've seen it on Netflix. And did you watch it before it was on Netflix? Did you watch it when it was actually on Lifetime? Let me know. Uh, then they started talking about the uh, upcoming, this weekend, the Schmodown Awards, which actually are today. They will air today. Uh, and the live Schmodown event in New York, which is tomorrow. Uh, Roxy was talking about how it's uh, freezing in New York, and I'll be honest, that is an understatement. It has been wildly cold this past week, snowing a bunch. I mean, I, I live in central New York, so we might be getting hit a little bit more. I'm not honestly sure uh, how New York City is doing, but in in central New York, we're, I mean, it's it's snowing right now. Looking out my window, it's it's snowing right now. Uh, it's been going since yesterday, and we had a little bit of a little bit of time off of the snow, but yeah, it's it's in that cold temperature. It's been rough going. Um, if you guys have never been in in, in an area like this, uh, just start trying to start your car can be rough when it gets into those super cold temperatures, like when it's negative three degrees out there with a negative twenty five wind chill, like. The car, my car didn't want to start the other day because of that. It did, but it didn't want to. It, it was it was rough going. So I hope that they all packed accordingly. I know that you know living out in California, you get used to wearing your t-shirts and, and shorts and whatnot. I really hope they packed accordingly. You bring layers, you know, winter coats, all that good stuff. I really uh, be safe out there too. If any of you guys are driving. Uh, I really wish I could be going to this live event. Uh, it's you know it's it's like a six hour train ride. Cost a decent amount of money just to get the train ride. I, I one of these days I'll I'll be able to do it, but on uh, at the moment I just don't have have the money for it. But uh, I would uh, I would love to meet meet the guys from Collider from the Schmodown and all that stuff. It's something that I absolutely love. Um, I met. At New York Comic Con, I was able to meet uh, Gray Drake and Dorian Parks, which was really cool. Uh, so I, I, I took pictures with them, and that yeah, I I was really excited. I was really hoping to meet some others. I know that uh, most of the crew didn't go down, but I know some of the others were there. I just didn't happen to uh, happen to meet any of them. Uh, I met both of them while waiting uh, to do roundtable interviews for because uh, I, I I write I run another site it's called DC Comics News. And so I was there representing them, and uh, you know I was doing some roundtable interviews for like Gotham and and uh, Reign of the Superman and Titans and stuff like that. And so I was uh, you know out there in the line and happened to see both of them. So that was it was awesome. It was a great time. It was great meeting them, and I would love to meet uh, to meet more of them. You know, so if if you guys are planning on on watching the live event which does take place tomorrow, make sure you get your tickets for the live stream, okay? Uh, I believe he said... I want to say he said that they'd be available until tomorrow at uh, noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, I believe. So just go on to uh, TriviaSD.com. Make sure you get your tickets if you haven't already for the the live stream. They'll get you hooked up for that. You don't want to miss it. Um, yes, they will be. You know, it will be available to the public on, uh, I believe, Friday, on February first. But uh, this is something support. You know, it's, if you're not a ten dollar patron, just two ninety nine, and you can and you can just watch the stream. And you don't have to watch it right as it airs. You can uh, watch it up until you know at any point up until uh, they put it public. So just yes, you know, you want you gotta support. Come on, we we need to show our support for this. It's something that we love. Uh, so you definitely do that and check out uh, check out that. And if you guys are going to the live event, let me know. Uh, you know, feel free to send send some pictures and tweets, and I'll be checking in on that kind of stuff throughout the weekend as well. I'd love to hear what you uh, what you guys thought of the uh, of the live event being there, what the experience was like, uh, you know, who who you guys end up meeting and things like that. Share that. I think that'd be be fun. Next day, uh, they got into their uh, one of their big. Uh, the big topics for the episode, and that was uh, the Oscar nominations had dropped on Tuesday, Tuesday morning, and they, uh, you know, so they were kind of going through them, and uh, 
one of the big things that they were commenting a lot on was the snub for uh, Timothy Chalamet. Um, now, I haven't watched Beautiful Boy yet. That's, one, that's on my list to watch since it is, uh, I believe, on uh, Amazon Prime. So that's one of the next ones that I'll be watching. But I don't know necessarily if if you know if it's a snub. They you know they seem to think so. They seem to think that his uh, he his performance was strong enough. I know that he was nominated last year, but you know what? That shouldn't necessarily mean that he gets it this year. But if his you know performance was powerful enough, and they really think that it's better than at least one of those people on the list, then you know what? I, absolutely. But my two, I had two snubs in other categories that I thought were just travesties. And the first one is Aquaman not getting a nomination for Best Visual Effects. I understand a lot of, you know, you know, it's kind of torn. I think it's got like a 63 or 64 on Rotten Tomatoes, whatever. And, you know, some people don't think it's that great of a movie, but... No, I don't know. I don't know anybody who can deny that the visual effects in that film were fantastic. Maybe there are some out there. I'm sure there are. There's always somebody out there willing to willing to throw some shade somewhere. But the visual effects in Aquaman were sensational. I and it just boggles my mind that they did not at least get the nomination. I'm not necessarily saying. That it needed to win, but the uh, honestly, I think the visual effects in Aquaman were far better than the visual effects in Solo, and Solo should not get that nomination. Plain and simple. The other snub, which broke my heart when it had when I n- noticed that it wasn't there, was in Best Documentary. Won't you be my neighbor? The Mister Rogers doc did not get even a nomination and that is that is unforgivable in my in my opinion that is my favorite film of the year not just like favorite documentary that is my favorite film of the year and that the fact that it didn't even get nominated for best documentary Nah, there's something going on. They said it. I, I, th- I think in the second, I think in on Wednesday's episode, Mukuga was talking about how it's a travesty as well, and I hundred percent agree with him about and, and how it seems like there's something fishy going on with this documentary category. And I agree, just because it's not some traumatic event thing that happened, sometimes you need a little happiness in your life. This this film hit me on an emotional level unlike anything else throughout the that entire year and unlike anything else in the last several years probably i was bawling throughout the entire almost the entire movie and it hit me so hard i i and i still can't believe that it did not get the nomination another one that i was shocked by this one i have not seen but a lot of the Collider crew have talked about this one, uh, and I've seen it on a lot of people's lists. A lot of people have, you know, even said that they enjoyed it more uh, than uh, than "Won't You Be My Neighbor," which is fine. You know, it's all subjective, and that's three identical strangers. I, you know, hearing about that, I was I was certain that those two documentaries would be the front runners to win that category, and the fact that neither of them were were even nominated i don't understand this year's oscars is i don't know something something crazy is going on and i don't like it so let me know what you guys thought was there any big snubs for you uh what about the two that i talked about were you know are those snubs that uh that affected you at all did you like the those films at all and uh, what would you have changed about uh, the categories? Let, let me know in the comments. The last 15 minutes of the show, we actually got uh, Brett Sheridan's mom. Mama Sheridan came on, which it's always a, it's always a pleasure when uh, when she pops in or anything like that. So it was really cool to see her come in to Collider Live uh, finally. Uh, she and and I gotta say, I I agreed with Christian when they were talking about 
uh, the room, how they changed to the the uh, the smaller room with uh, with the table and everything. I, I I like this smaller area. It's more intimate, and I think it provides a, for better conversation. I loved the the Schmoes No live show, but I really think that Collider Live has created something special. It really kind of gets gets in there and, and and allows people to just open up and be themselves and just create these wonderful dynamic conversations between people where you don't have to worry about who's looking in, who's listening in. You know, you just you're just talking, you're doing your thing, you're being you, and I love it. And I love that Roxy asked Mama Sheridan what she thought about women saying "suck my dick." It was hilarious to hear <laughs> i mean i i wasn't sure if she was even going to uh, like bring up the uh, the whole thing that happened last week but in those last few minutes boom she did and the following day's episode we get into a whole lot more of that day two came around and makuga was back uh along with mark riley and then in comes Brett. He came in a little bit late, so we had like a three-person back. Uh, Brett did not have micro or headphones this week because uh, they don't have enough pairs or whatever. So it was funny every time they would do like a sound bit or something. You know, he can't really hear it, uh, but you know they're using the uh, the no Brett no uh, sound sound bite, and he's not necessarily hearing that. So it was kind of interesting to see his reactions to things without being able to actually hear what uh what was actually going on they talked about all, all kinds of stuff uh board eating uh doing a cakewalk i definitely would love to do a cakewalk i think that would be awesome and i am someone who suffers from board eating that is a real thing uh you you just you, you know you're bored you you want something to do and you just you open the fridge and you're like ah but you're not really hungry but you're eating anyways I've done it a bunch of times, and, and to my detriment, it has caused me to put it on pounds. So it's definitely something to uh, keep an eye out for. You don't want to. You don't want to be doing that. And then, and then they're doing the whole win a goldfish here, win a goldfish here, all over the place. So they did it the day before with uh, Brett's mom, which was funny, and they did it again here. They did it actually. They did it with both Brett's mom and Dorina uh, the day before. Yeah, which was which was really funny. I, I I'll be talking a little bit more about it later uh, when uh, when we get to uh, some some other people who end up coming into the show. Um, though they did start talking a little bit about the stuff that happened last week, and that's kind of where I wanna I wanna dive a little bit deeper into uh, in this part. Um, like I said, Makuga was back on the show, so my my initial worries from the day before. They were subsided because, okay, Makuga's there. Good. That's that's awesome. Nothing happened. However, people were apparently worried that that he got fired. I never once thought that he got fired. I thought, well, maybe he just doesn't want to be on the show anymore. You know, that was a thing. I had brought that up uh, la- on last week's episode of After Live that, you know, if he doesn't like the way that things are done on the show, that maybe he shouldn't be on the show. So I thought that maybe he wasn't going to come back to the show. And, you know, I, I could understand it if that was the case. Uh, but I'm glad that, that he didn't, you know. I'm glad that he, you know, he came back. And like I said, I never once thought that he was getting fired. I don't understand why people would think that. Like, they always jump to the biggest conclusions. Like, I remember way back when uh, stuff happened with... Uh, Riley and he they were kind of like switching up you know his position and whatnot and he stopped being the producer on some shows and they thought oh did he get fired all this stuff it's like guys the inner workings of this company they're not just like but let's go fire our friends if something big happens sure but no they're not just gonna boom just off and fire people like that Sometimes, you know, people do get let go. Sometimes people leave. But, you know, you got to stop jumping to those conclusions all the time. You know, Occam's razor, the simplest solution tends to be the, the correct one. And that's 
that's where you got. That's where you got to go. He just probably was taking a day off and just doing some other stuff, and that's why he couldn't be there. Now, I'm I do agree with uh, with Christian that I do think that it was better that all of this stuff happened on the air. A lot of people were saying, you know, why, you know, why didn't this just happen in the back? You could have just taken care of all of this, you know, in the back. I think it was better to get it all out. It shows the audience, you know, the reality of the things that they're doing and puts it puts it right out on front street, you know. It it lets everybody know what exactly is happening, why, you know, people are mad, what's going on. It allows them to just allows these people to honestly air their grievances out in a safe space with their friends, you know. It, they shouldn't they shouldn't have to go behind closed doors to to work through these things. And I I really like that they were able to do it because then it keeps us, you know, from being like, "Uh-oh, uh-oh, what's going to happen? Where, you know, I wonder how mad he was. We know exactly how mad he was. And we know exactly how mad Roxy was and how upset Brett was and everything like that. So I, I, I like that they that they did this all on air. But, you know, I it, it was really nice to see the vibe get back to normal. It's what I love about the show. You know, I love the, their banter and their camaraderie with one another, so I'm glad they were able to get back to that. Uh, I was really happy to see Makuka back because I, you know what, I would have missed a little bit of Danish Christian Harloff, which we got to see. I love Danish Christian Harloff; it is hilarious. It's one of the funniest things that he does. Uh, so I'm, I'm really glad that uh, he's sticking around. And I have to say, Makuga said "suck my dick" on this episode way more times than uh, than Roxy did last week. It was pretty damn funny i understand it was a completely different connotation but because he was he was essentially using it in in a to kind of like to make a point but it it was really funny to hear uh and and they were they were joking about i think he was probably having a bad day and it really just like you know like i had said last week i think it really just hit him right at that wrong moment so I'm, i'm glad that he's able to lighten up just a little bit and uh and kind of go from there. And and Roxy, I also think it would be awesome to get an SMD shirt. That would be hilarious. Let's start making those. Uh, throw those. Like I don't know if you have your own Patreon, but if you do, stick those on there. Get them made yourself, and boom, some SMD shirts. Care of Roxy Live. That's what I call it. Then they uh, they started talking about this new video that Makuga uh, was part of. Over on the Collider Quick channel, it's uh, fake news essentially. I don't know if that was what it was actually uh, called, but it's it's a fake news video where he's a newscaster. And the topic, the first one was why Aquaman made uh, one billion dollars. It was a great little video. I was kind of worried because like I wasn't sure if it was going to be like a like an Aquaman bashing video or whatever, but it it was really funny. Um, I definitely think you guys should go check it out. It's over on Collider Quick. I will definitely be watching more. Apparently, they're doing another episode. So I like that they're kind of branching into a little bit more comedy. I know that they uh, they tried this with their, uh, was it uh, Captain Learning or, or whatever it was way back? Uh, something like that. I'm not even sure if that's what it was called. It was something like that. Uh, I watched those videos and wasn't a huge fan. I was one of the ones that I didn't care for it. It wasn't my cup of tea. But these, I really dug. So if you know, if they're gonna do some more comedic videos, I'll check them out. Obviously, you know they may not all land, but I hope that they keep trying because there are a lot of funny people working for this company, and you know it would be a shame to not have them. Uh, you know, spread their wings at that and, and, and use those talents. So it's good to see them doing more comedic stuff uh, on the channel. Uh, as I said before, you know, Makuga brought this up that he was furious about, well, won't you be my neighbor, uh, not getting nominated for best doc. Uh, you know, I, I said it a whole bunch before, but yeah, again, furious about it. It is my number one snub for this year. And you, I'll be honest, usually with the Oscars, I, I don't really necessarily care that much about snubs. It's like, 
well, maybe these other films or these other things or whatever, these other people, they're just a little bit more deserving in the in the in the in the public's eye. But I don't understand how Won't You Be My Neighbor could not at least get the nomination. I don't understand how that happened. It doesn't make sense to me, and it is going to bother me probably for the rest of my life because this is like I said, my favorite film of the year. It is, at this moment, my favorite documentary that I've ever seen. I've seen quite a few documentaries, and this one is by far my favorite. It hit me the hardest of any documentary I've ever watched. And I, I, I don't know. I, I've, I talked a lot about it, so I'm going to kind of leave it at that. But, yeah, it should have been nominated. Um, they talked about uh, a lot about Roma about how a lot of them think that's going to end up with the uh, the best picture. Uh, and it, honestly, that probably means it will also get best foreign film as well. Because I don't see how, you know, a film that wins, that could win best picture, I, I, I just don't see how it, uh, a film that is nominated for best picture and also nominated for best foreign film, how the, it could not win that. It's saying that of all these films, this one foreign film is so good that it should be nominated for Best Picture, which means that none of the other films are good enough for that, which means that by default, it should win Best Foreign Film. It'd be like if if Spider-Verse was nominated for Best Picture, it'd be a, it'd be a 100% lock that it would get best animated film because it wouldn't make sense otherwise if it wasn't if it wasn't if Rome was not even the best foreign film then why is it nominated for best film why wouldn't that that other foreign film be nominated so no matter what I can I'm gonna sit here I'm gonna say 100% Romo takes the foreign film category no questions asked and it wouldn't shock me to see it win for best director as well Um, but I mean, to be honest, I haven't actually seen the film, so I can't actually say whether or not I think it deserves those best of awards. Um, I have no problem watching foreign films. I actually love, uh, foreign films. Subtitles don't bother me at all. Uh, I just, I gotta say, I haven't really been all that excited to watch it. I've seen the trailer, just, it doesn't seem all that interesting to me. But I will watch it nonetheless because, you know, over the last several years, I try to watch all the, the best picture noms so that I can at least see them. Uh, and I'm, I've am i only got three to watch. And since it's on Netflix anyways, I have no excuse to not see it. Uh, the only other uh, best picture nominees that I have yet to see other than Roma are uh, Green Book and Vice. So I still have to see those, which will be uh, coming back to my theater at least. The, uh, the Regal that is near me is doing their festival pass so they'll be doing all of them in theaters except for Roma because of stupidity I think I would love to have you know at least gotten the chance to see it on the big screen but oh well now you know that pretty much was it for you know the Oscar stuff that they were talking about um they were you know they're just kind of talking about a lot of other stuff uh one of the things that I wanted to mention was I I love it when when any of them does their imp- impression of a, of a like an online troll. I absolutely love it when when they do their troll impressions. It's it's hilarious. And I was really thinking someone needs to kind of go back through these videos and you know try and find even like uh, like Movie Talk and the various other ones and make like a fun compilation of all these troll impressions. I think it would be hilarious. Because they do some great ones, and Schnapp used to do some awesome troll impressions. It was it was it was fantastic. So I think somebody needs to do this. Get out there! I want someone to do it. Make a compilation of uh, of some of like the best troll impressions that they've done on Collider. Then they went on to talk about uh, the Firefest docs. Uh, there was one on Netflix called Fire, and one on Hulu called Fire Fraud. Uh, when they were talking about them, I hadn't seen them. But last night, I watched both of them back-to-back. Uh, I started off with the Netflix one and then did the Hulu one, 
which I'll be honest, I think that's the way to go. Uh, just from from watching them both, I think watching the Netflix one first uh, it, it would be the best would would be your best bet. Um, and I I agree with what Roxy was saying about the whole thing about how you know people like to root against other people like they like to root against rich millennials or or whatever. And it's like, okay, sure, you know, sometimes people like that, they do some stupid things, they waste their money, they flaunt it, this, that, the other. But I don't think anybody should ever be rooting against, you know, people to just lose their money like that, you know. If, you know, let's say you saved up your money, and this was something, you really wanted to go to this awesome festival, and you saved up. You're not rich, but you saved, and you saved, and you saved, because it was something that you thought was really cool, and you wanted to be part of it. And then this happened to you. You wouldn't want to be made fun of. You're not some rich, you know, uh, uh, naive millennial. You just wanted to have a good time. So you saved up your money so you could do that. Your your hard-earned money. You know, I I think it's ridiculous that people act this way. It's like, I don't do that for movies either. I I don't root against movies. I know I hear this all the time. It's like, oh, I hope that movie bombs. Why? Why would you want something like that? That is the stupidest thing that I have ever heard. I understand you don't like a certain franchise or you don't, you know, like a certain actor or whatever. Then just don't go watch the damn movie. There are plenty of other options for you out there. There are, you know, 800 to 1000 movies every year that that come out. Go and watch something else. You don't have to watch the 29th Transformers movie if you don't fucking want to. You don't have to go out and watch another Pirates of the Caribbean movie if you don't want to. But why do you have to sit there and wish that it would bomb? Like, that is the stupidest thing. So many people work on these films. Hard-working professionals working on these films to try to make something good, try to bring something, some some entertainment to the masses, and you're just out there being an asshole, wishing that it would bomb. Grow up and go find something else to do, okay? Now, back to these fire documentaries. The, I have to say that between the two, between the Netflix and the Hulu documentaries, the Netflix one I thought was, was better. Uh, overall, They're, they tell very unique stories from one another. Uh, the the Netflix one is is very centered around the actual event, around the fire festival itself, uh, and how it you know came to be and how it fell. So, you know the rise and the fall of this this crazy this crazy festival that they were gonna do, and it is is nuts it just watching it's like just seeing the shit that went down it was crazy to see how it all just fell apart and then fire fraud which is the uh hulu doc it's a bit more about the guy it told more of us it told more of the story of of billy mcfarlane the guy who created this whole thing and it, it dove more into uh, kind of like it went farther back into his past, like from when he was a kid. He's a, he was a scam artist when he was eight years old, for crying out loud. And this this documentary really paints a, a clearer picture of him as a person, uh, and, and went through uh, his time running Magnesis, uh, which that was actually one of the things about the, the Netflix doc. They didn't really touch a lot on Magnesis, and I was actually unclear about what Magnesis was in the first place. Um, now, before I started watching these docs, I'll be completely honest, I must have been living under a rock because I have never heard of this. Uh, fire Festival, Fire, and none of it. Billy McFarlane, Magnesis, I'd never heard of any of it. And apparently it happened you know, less than two years ago. Never heard any any of it. I, I had to have been living under a rock. I don't know what was going on. So watching these, essentially blind to it, was really fascinating. And seeing just how much of a, of a con man this guy was, you know, 
like I said, the the whole Magnesis thing, I hadn't, I, I, even just watching the first doc, I didn't know really what it was. I had an idea. I was like, is it, is it one of those things where you, where you like link your card to it? But they never really said that, you know? So it was, it was like some sort of weird credit card. I, oh, okay. No idea. But they really dive into it. You understand more in the other doc and you get a sense of him. And then going through, and they actually have interviewed, like, he sits, he's sitting down for being, and being interviewed by, by the crew for that doc, which you can see just how shady he is when he, you know, doesn't want to answer certain things, or the way he answers certain things, the looks on his face, the, the pauses that he takes, it's, it really, it's a really telling documentary, um, I think they leaned a little too much into the humor side, like throwing in clips of, um, you know, comedies like you had know, The Office and Parks and Rec, and and clips from like Family Guy. To, it's like it, they tried to lighten it a little bit more. I preferred the the Netflix one. It was a little little grittier. Uh, it really d- dug deep into what was going on. Um, and for some reason, in the Hulu one, they used like a like a like a automated voice thing, like where you would type it on a computer and it would talk like this for a, instead of just like having somebody read whatever that thing was reading. It would have made way more sense to do that. It just it 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 just didn't seem to fit. Um, so it was that was one of the things that that I didn't really like about it. Um, but I think as a whole. Watching the two documentaries together, it's 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 a it's a great experience. Uh, you really get a full story. It's almost like a super doc. Uh, I don't remember who, who I heard somebody say that. Well, I don't know. It could have been on on the show. To be honest with you, but I I remember hearing someone call it that, and I was like, that's a great term, especially after watching. It's like yeah, these two work really well together to make one big fuller documentary uh that covers everything from the event to to the man himself um so i check those out i really dug them um i don't think they're gonna place anywhere near like you know my top you know at the end of the year or anything like that i doubt they'll even be uh best doc worthy or anything like that but they they were really good i really enjoyed uh the watch so go go and check those out uh, then uh, right before the break, they were talking about this new Beach Bum trailer. It's the new uh, Matthew McConaughey movie, and I gotta say, this this movie's got just like the weirdest cast. I mean, it, like like I said, it's got Matthew McConaughey, it's got Snoop Dogg, Isla Fisher, Jimmy Buffett, Zac Efron, and Martin Lawrence. How eclectic of a cast can you like? That's nuts. Like I don't, I don't even know what to expect from this thing. Uh, they're calling it Spring Breakers meets The Big Lebowski. I could kind of see that. Uh, I, I, I remember watching Spring Breakers uh, in the theaters when it, you know when it first came out and thinking, "What the fuck did I just watch?" It was so weird. Uh, it took me a couple more watches to really kind of be like, "Yeah, okay, I dig it, I dig it," but it was, it was weird. And I feel like that this is what that movie's going to be like. I feel like it's going to be like one of those what the fuck did I just watch kind of a things. And it might take a few watches to really kind of let it sink in and kind of like get it, I, I guess you could say. so. Then they went to a break after this. And uh, after the break, uh, Makuga had left and Mark Ellis had joined uh, the, the crew. And then we get... This week's Life Lessons with Christian Harloff. Uh, And this week's Life Lesson is always remember who you performed a bit for. So Christian's been doing the whole uh, win a goldfish here bit with with everybody that comes in. He says that everybody who comes in, that's what he's going to do. And so he did it with Ellis when he came in. And apparently, unbeknownst to Christian Harloff, he had done it, already done this bit to Ellis earlier that day. So, like I said, life lesson of the week, always remember who you performed a bit for. Otherwise, you might look a little bit silly. And that's our this week's life lesson with Christian Harloff.
Then they went on to uh, talking about uh, smoking pot and things like that. You know how uh, uh, Roxy was talking about um, the story. I think she had talked about it last week about at the comedy store when she went out to smoke and, and Ellis got mad and ran over there and all this stuff. They talked about that story. And uh, it got me kind of thinking, um, like, in my life, I've, I've, I've only tried pot once. It was when I was in college. Uh, it's not legal. Recreationally, it's not legal here yet, so hopefully soon. Um, but I was thinking, I was like, smoking's really not my thing. However, I would absolutely rock some edibles once this stuff becomes becomes legal you know if i just you know need to relax you know occasionally i just sit back have a drink may i'll just have an edible do something like that i would totally rock that i'm just in general like i don't smoke cigarettes and i, I don't like being around smoke in general um because like I've, I've suffered from you know like asthma and stuff like that so it, it can be a little bit more difficult for me and when i when i smoked it it didn't really like all. It, all I did was I laid on my bed and stared at the floor. Everybody else around me was like, "Oh, I'm hungry. Let's go get some food," and I just stayed in my dorm room, stared at the floor, passed out, and went to sleep. And that was it. And it just it it wasn't enjoyable, so I just never did it again. You know, um, but I would I would try I would try edibles. Um, we'll see. There's talks of uh, legalization coming to New York, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, if, if that actually takes place. Uh, then they were talking about the Nike commercial from uh, from that Brett that Brett did. It was the one during the the uh, Olympics, and apparently it got pulled after two weeks. They showed the commercial, and I I after they showed it, I was like, I remember this commercial from way back then. Um, it's like in the late '90s or whatever. Or maybe it was like the early 2000s. I don't know. But it was from quite a while ago. And I'm sitting here watching it. And it's like, I don't understand why even back then, even you know, almost 20 years ago, why this commercial would have gotten pulled. They never really went into it. They never really like talked about the reasoning why it was pulled. And I don't understand why. You know, like, it... it I, I just don't know. I, it's just a dude. It's a it's a you know like an '80s slasher, Michael Myers, Jason type serial killer with a chainsaw, chasing down a girl, and she outruns him. Okay, you know she okay. So she's in like a sports bra. Okay, like I I don't understand why this got pulled. I I I just don't know. It, it, there's no way it would get pulled now. So I I don't know. Uh, if, if any of you know any more about it, if you know why it may have gotten pulled or anything like that, let me know down in the comments. But and let me know what you thought of the commercial. If you thought that you know it it would have gotten pulled, or any, if you think it would get pulled today, because I really don't. I, I don't understand what the problem was. And uh, hey, but you know what? That probably means that uh, if if it hadn't gotten pulled, hey, we might not have Brett Sheridan and on Collider Live, and that would be sad. But at least he would have a more bustling career, probably. Who knows? Then they were talking about uh, their main topic for the episode, which was uh, Bumblebee 2. A Bumblebee sequel was announced. And to be honest, from the critical response, this to- makes total sense. I believe it's like it's certified fresh in like the 90s on Rotten Tomatoes. Something, something crazy. Uh, I think it's the only Transformers live-action film that's that's uh, even fresh. I don't even think the first one's fresh, and if it is, I think it's really low uh, on the fresh scale, if it is fresh. Um, I, I myself have not watched it yet. I will watch it. I've heard a lot of good things. I love Haley Steinfeld, so I will definitely check it out at some point. Um, I, the only Transformers movie I've even seen is the first one. Uh, this is this is the f- one of the few times that I've ever let uh, critical reception prevent me from seeing a film. But when the second Transformers movie came out, it got nailed so hard. And it's not like I was in love with the first one. I thought I was like, oh, that was that was fun. All right, cool. And then like the trailers looked really good for the second one, but then like 
it just got demolished. So I was like, eh, I'm not going to bother. You know, it's, it's not like something I'm like aching to see. So I just didn't bother. And then the third one came out and it got demolished. And I'm like, well, there's no point in me going back and watching the other one and to, to see this one. If it, I'm, I'm just not going to see it. And then the same thing with the fourth one and the same thing with the fifth one. And each time, like the trailers looked cool. And like when the, when, um, the, the last night came out, I was like, come on, they've, they've got to do something good here. And then nothing. Apparently nothing. So I just didn't bother. I've only seen that first one. And I think that maybe part of that has to do with why I haven't seen Bumblebee. I think it's, I don't, it's not that I think Bumblebee is going to be bad because I don't. From everybody that I've heard, it's really good. I think it's more of, I, I've kind of grown apathetic to this franchise. I just don't care. So I'm just not, I'm not in a rush to see it. So maybe once I finally see Bumblebee, I'm like, oh yeah, Bumblebee 2, let's do this. But we won't need, we won't know until I actually sit down and watch it. Speaking of, of films that haven't been watched, uh, I couldn't believe that Roxy's never seen The Matrix. I can understand maybe not seeing uh, you know the other two, uh, you know, Re- uh, Revelations and Reloaded, um, but to have never seen the first Matrix film. That it's a it's like a it's like a modern day classic, really. If you think about it, it's it is such a good film. I feel like it's a must see, and I just it it shocks me that she hasn't seen it. And she, it's gotta happen. I would love to see like a uh, maybe like like a like a watch like a watch along or something like that, where they record her watching the movie, just kind of like to get her reactions to it and stuff, almost like a commentary. I think that would be really cool uh, to do something like that for her first viewing of The Matrix. Um, then they went on to talk about uh, some DC films and how uh, how nice James Wan has been being to the trolls online about people you know hating on Aquaman and all this stuff. But I gotta say, James Wan, he he is fantastic. He's one of my favorite uh, uh, recent directors. Him and like uh, like Mike Flanagan. Anytime I hear anything from these two, I'm like, I'm in. Boom. Instantly. I will see it. You know, so anything that James Wan wants to do, I hope he sticks around for another Aquaman movie. Um, I loved what he did with with it. I I really, Aquaman, to me, was one of DC's best live action films. It's it's in probably in the top five of, uh, of DC's, not just the DCEU, obviously, it's to me it's it's the best DCEU film it's my favorite um story wise wonder woman might be a little better but as a film i enjoyed aquaman more so that one is my favorite of the DCEU films currently uh but it is definitely in like my top 5 uh just overall live action dc films so i i i would love to see james bond come back for for our sequel That'd be fantastic to me. Um, and then they uh, they ended the show. They were talking about uh, the Sopranos and how uh, they they've got uh, James Gandolfini's son will be coming in to portray a him, a young Tony. And I thought that was really cool. Um, I, honestly, I I've only watched the first three seasons of the Sopranos. I stopped. I honestly don't remember why I stopped watching it after the season three. But I, I I remember really enjoying it, and I just never went back to it. I don't have HBO, so it's difficult for me to actually watch the episodes. Um, but I, I you know, hey, I would check out the rest of the of the series. Um, I I just haven't gotten around to it, unfortunately. So, so that about wraps up everything uh, for Collider Live. Uh, I, I I had a great time talking about. It. I've, I love uh, this show. I love listening to what they have to say and I, and I love giving my thoughts so thank you everybody for uh, listening for checking out my show uh, I hope that uh, I hope that it's everything that you've wanted it and to be and more if I've got any comments any suggestions some you know, constructive criticism please please send it my way uh, you know find me on uh, all the social medias I'm on Facebook at uh, Merc with a movie blog 
And I am on uh, Twitter and Instagram at MovieBlogMerk. Feel free to send me a message at any time. You can also reach out to me via email, MerkWithAMovieBlog at gmail.com. Send me questions or anything like that. And, uh, yeah, I'll be happy to, to you know answer any questions, too, online or on uh, on air. And please make sure to hop over to both Sound, SoundCloud, Apple uh, Podcasts, whichever you're listening to uh, this on, and uh, give the podcast a like subscribe to uh, the channel uh, rate and review you know that really really helps out and please share the, the the show share 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 and listen to my other show it's uh talking schmodown where i talk about everything going on in the movie trivia schmodown i'll be uh, posting a new episode of that on monday where i will be talking about the schmodown awards and a little bit about uh the live event not much because i can't spoil anything so I don't, I'm not going to dive deep until uh, the following Monday after it's come out for the public. But I'll talk a little bit about uh, about it and any other news that has dropped throughout the week. So, uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I appreciate uh, everybody listening. And make sure to hit me up on social media. This is Josh the Merc Rainer. And this is After Live. <laughs>